0: Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com or on Instagram at phoenixrods. And by Viking Heads. Check out Viking Heads at Viking Heads Bait Co. And the website should beat up by the end of the month. Um, this episode we have Jace Abron. Great dude. Does it all. Uh, I found out a lot about him. He's a He runs a charter down in San Diego. Uh, I think it's called Golex, Goals. I'm not sure, but he says it in the episode. Um, great dude, stick does it all. Uh, has caught some big largemouth. I think a 15 and a 16, and has and catches some big fish as well. So uh, check him out. Great dude, check out his charter. Help him out. Uh, book a charter this year with them. Great guy. Thank you again, Jay, for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, Pcs shows on countdown, man. We're getting close to the PCS show. Uh, I should have a ton of heads there. So if you guys want to grab some, there'll probably be some kind of special going on. I'm not sure yet. But um, please come down to the PCS show. Here's a little piece from them. The all-new, bigger, and better 13th annual Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Tackle Boat and Travel Show is March 2nd to the 5th at the OC Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa. Tackle... Fishing resorts, fishing boats, and amazing seminars. March second to fifth at the OC Fairgrounds in Costa Mesa. Come down. There's going to be a ton of great presenters. Um, I think Butch is going to be one. Fred Clinchaw. Uh There's a. I think Maddie Wong might be going to be one. Um, Caesar, Toxic Bay, Uncle Bing Bong. You should be one as well. So it's going to be fun. So if you're into freshwater as well, I and my I think this is going to be the premier show this this year. So please come to the PCS. And if you want to grab some Viking heads, uh, it'd be great to see you guys come down. We'll be doing some podcasts as well. Um, I have like, I think like five or six lined up and some other cool stuff lined up as well. So please come to the PCS show. Um, Working on these heads still, man. It's a fucking headache. I'll tell you that right now. Figuring out a lot of different things. Painting in the cold weather. Clearing in the cold weather. Figuring out different things that go wrong. And uh, fixing them all, so it's a big learning curve, but we're getting them done. We've got a lot of the colors done already, and primed. You guys have seen on Instagram, uh, you can see what we're doing already in some of the colors teasers. Um, I have uh, the DRT month starts next month. I also have to post uh, the the giveaways for uh, this month, or actually the gifts. Uh, they're they're from some old of uh. Some of the previous people that have given uh, us product and I kept it to the side for this reason. so I make sure I have something for you guys on the patreon. Uh, I'll be posting that this week. I appreciate everyone who has signed up i'll I'll be putting out some old videos that aren't on Instagram are on uh, YouTube but are only on um, that I have that I never put up like Josh Jones. I know I saw the Bilge episode is really cool with Chris Saldane did. So uh, I'll show you the video we have. I'll probably put the uh, uncut video. That'll be fun for you guys. (laughs) with less than Josh Jones. It's funny. And uh, I got blocks. I don't know if I put blocks up. If I didn't, I'm going to put up his on on the uh, video version as well. Um, Yeah, I got a ton of stuff I got to catch up on. I'm just really trying to get these heads out and trying to get it done. So it's been a a fucking grind. And I got to fix my boat. And I got to do a lot of things. I want to fish at SBS this year. So I'm trying to shoot for... February, but we'll see if that happens. Um, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. You guys have. I appreciate it. Uh, I'd love to get to a thousand five star reviews if you guys could help me get there. appreciate that. Uh, Spotify as well, thank you for uh, giving us a five-star review. And um, please check that link in the bio for Ryan Cook. I want to help uh, support what he's going through. Um, and uh, here's another piece from a buddy. This is a, a, a very good friend of mine, um, amazing guy. And if you guys need a guide, I'm going to say you need to go to him. He's a, a, a great guide, and it's a lake that you guys have problems probably getting on if you had your own boat and you wanted to go. Fred Clinchaw Fishing offers trips to Lake Casitas, Lake Costake, and Lake Pyramid seven days a week from beginning to expert, all-inclusive Visit them at fredclinshawfishing.com or you can call text at 805 630 0160. Again, 805 630 0160. Instagram is the Hammer of Fury. Also visit them this year at the PCS show. They'll have a booth and we'll be giving seminars each day. They will also be offering a show special for Trip. So please go check him out. Um, great dude. I'm going on a trip with them in March with my buddies. So I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I'm gonna say it's one of the funnest guide trips I've ever been on. So please book with Fred. Tell him I sent you. Uh, He'll give you a big hug, (laughs) and then uh, yeah, and come see him, and come see uh, us at the PCS show. Looking forward to it. We're on like almost a month countdown. Uh, Big stuff coming up, and uh, I hope you guys like this episode. We'll have another one coming. Really good ones, different. uh, This Thursday possibly. So, all right, guys. Thank you. Evan's a good guy. Um, welcome to Casting Crank. This one I tried for a little while to get, gone back and forth, and I had some of the Patreon guys request him as well. It's, uh, is it Jay Sabron? Or is this so how do you say your last name? Sabron. Okay, mm-hmm. I did it right. Yeah. First time in a long time. Nailed it, man. <laughs> uh, Jay uh, does it all. He's a, a great, amazing offshore uh, captain as well as a freshwater guy. And he's done it all. So we're going to kind of go over what he's done. And where he started, he's a San Diego guy, so we'll talk about that. All right. <laughs> where did you grow up, like, uh, and where did you cut your teeth fishing?
1: Um, I grew up in Ocean Beach, right there next to Point Loma. Um, really just started growing up fishing lakes. That's how, it, that's how it all started, and then, you know, just before I turned 10 or so, started doing the saltwater thing. Uh, actually started doing that out of Oceanside, fishing out of Helgren's. Um, sand bass yellowtail barracuda so
0: were you catching in the harbor then uh
1: no no i was doing uh the half day trips oh, really? in the summer yeah yeah how old were you then doing that um i probably started doing that around like eight or nine with your dad or something around uh at the time it was with uh my brother and my stepdad okay yeah nice yeah it was pretty that's cool. young dude yeah you yeah really- <laughs> we were getting seasick you know it was uh, <laughs> it was, uh yeah it, it it made me uh what 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 it is today? Yeah, you know, for sure.
0: So so when you were younger, you're just kind of going with the family, doing that. When did it trigger? Like where you're like, oh, this is my shit.
1: Um, probably when I started fishing out of Seaforth and uh, going on the new Seaforth. Um, that that's when it. I started just getting taught by dudes how to throw jig sticks, and um, you know if you you could name the, the half day or three quarter day boat in San Diego, and I probably pinheaded on it as a kid. No way. Yeah. So just going around learning from tons and tons of guys, not just one or two here and there, you know, just kind of taking it in from, from everybody.
0: Do you still get a lot of kids that can pinhead? Do they still do that kind of, or not really?
1: Oh man. That's, that's one thing I feel like, uh, the, the industry needs for sure is cause you see a lot less of it, but then there's also a lot of boats now that struggle to find deckhands and I feel like that's a huge reason why is because, you know.
0: No pinheads. And I feel like that's if you wanted a quick route to uh, success in fishing, you become a pinhead, you get good really quick, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm like. But I think it's probably like the older we get, the legal stiff stuff could be weird or, you know, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that that's definitely a, a big factor in it is the the legal side. You know, you don't know if, you know. Little Jimmy cuts his finger filleting a sand bass like I did when I was thirteen. Did uh, you really? Yeah.
0: How bad did you cut it?
1: Oh man, uh, it it was bad. So there was only one deckhand working, and I was the pinhead, and it was um, it was on the Mission Bell, years and years and years ago when it was out of Point Loma sport fishing, and uh, I was like, sure, I'll go, I'll go help cut. You know, it's not a big deal, and we were flying through it, and everything was going fine, and. I believe I was thirsty and wanted to go get a bottle of water, so I went to go put my knife down, and the tip hit first, so my hand slid down.
0: Your whole hand fucking got cut.
1: Yeah, well, it was, like, you know, just across my index finger, but it, it was it was deep, and it was bad. But my mom was super cool and was just, like, you know, like, you know, accident. told the captain, don't
0: worry, it's fine. <laughs> They're stressing out, <laughs> screaming, oh, shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm over there dizzy, you know, just like... <laughs>
0: So you did that for how long? Were you pinheading, and when did you become a deckhand?
1: Uh, I I started uh, I probably just did that until I was like eighteen, and then um, you know just started working on half day boats. Then what uh, was your
0: first uh, half day boat you worked on, and you kind of full on had the the position? Uh,
1: that was the Fisherman Three. I probably started a little bit there, and then. Um, gradually i uh i went to the malahini after that then i did a few years on the malahini moved over to a six-pack yacht where i was like uh that was my first like official head head of the boat captain
0: how was the change from the malahini to that like because that was in between right there Mm -hmm. how was that that uh the change and the stress and all that for you
1: I mean, it, it was kind of great. It was like, I was free, honestly. That's like <laughs> you, how you liked it then. I you did, were like, not really stressed did. out.
0: You're ready to run your own ship.
1: Yeah. I was like, you know, like
0: even,
1: even, even after that going back and just deck handing on the new low end, like there was me and like another guy, like every, every boat has that like one or two guy that they, they call on like, no, you're in the tower. Cause you, you somehow find, you know, what we're looking for, Yeah, you know, more consistently. So, you know, when you when you feel like you have have that, you're like, you know, you're you're confident the wheel. You're like, you know, like I'm not going to miss a kelp. You know, I'm not going to miss a single turn bird marking a huge flat spot. You know, the stuff you see people drive by all the
0: time. What made you be more aware of that? Like, you know, what did you what's different for you that maybe some other guys weren't doing that? You were like, oh, I'm paying more attention to this when I was younger. I'm paying more attention to, you know, setup or what might that be?
1: uh honestly i just think a lot of it is just time that's it
0: just like focus time though not just like on the walk here's a lot of the time right. it's like you're focusing when you're fishing a lot
1: right right okay. right right and uh it's it's almost like like football you know like you got it's like reading a defense you know like there's only so many signals that the ocean can show you so like once you pick them up you're like oh i've seen this like i know you kind of adjust because you know
0: do you keep a like a logbook or anything like that where you, like when you were younger, keeping track of like oh we hit this and this condition and that tide and stuff like that, or whatever it more, might
1: be. More so when I started captaining, really, I really started paying more attention to all that.
0: Yeah, because I figured that that for everyone, even freshwater, that's like a big oh hopper, yeah you know? yeah yeah. Um, what uh, when you first started running as a captain, did you run into any issues like when, when you were like green? like boat issues <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was the worst one that you had in the beginning
1: oh man we had a killer day fishing and uh we we're, were driving back in it was on a six-pack yacht at the prime time and um we were heading back in and i was gonna take a little nap on the way in uh for the next trip and uh As we're going in, uh, I just had laid down and the passenger comes out of the galley and is like, smoke, smoke, smoke. (laughs) And I'm just like, no, like, no way. So I I poke my head out of the wheelhouse and uh, look down and there's a black smoke just pouring out. I mean, not a little bit, like it was pouring out. So I'm like, you know, freaking out a little bit. (laughs) Open the engine hatch and go down there and the boards in the the, uh, engine room were floating. So I was just like, oh good lord. So I kinda like walked on the boards enough to just like get get eyes on where the smoke was coming from. And then um what it ended up being was a bad weld on the surge tube. Oh, fuck. So it just you know, it was just letting exhaust in. So yeah, I just I just turned that main off and we limped in on one and we were fine.
0: Still scary as shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It looked a lot worse than it it was, <laughs> but uh
0: That was your first like oh shit moment when you're you're uh, yeah. you're the captain yeah yeah and that was that was that was really it um you also have a lot of history so i always heard captains say they think that you know a lot of the time a freshwater guy is a lot better in the salt that does green bass uh you also are a big green bass guy as well right yes
1: <laughs> that's that's my pride and joy for sure so
0: that's like your primary if you're gonna have time to fish you're gonna fish green bass yeah or so um what like you did the swim bait thing and you do conventional right mm-hmm.
1: yeah I'll, I'll do whatever they they bite for the most part like um i'm not the biggest on like dragon worms and stuff like that which you know i will if i have to for sure mm-hmm. but uh i mean if it if it gets me a nice fish I, I'm, I'm pretty with it
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you uh so when you were doing conventional fishing and uh i guess we'll build up to like you picking up a HUD and doing the swim bait thing because you also have some big fucking fish, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So let's kind of like tell your story of like when you started picking up freshwater stuff as well. And uh, then we'll kind of get back into what you do now. You know what I'm saying? Sure.
1: Yeah. So my, my grandpa growing up, he lived in Ventura and um, he knew guides on Lake Casitas back when Casitas was like, you know, the, the Bass Mecca Lake and it was healthy and, he would get a call from the guide, you know, just before the pre-spawn bite really turned on or when it turned on. And he'd tell my grandpa, you know, you guys, you know, get your asses up here. And <laughs> so that was like one of our yearly things is we would go up to Casitas for the pre-spawn bite. And, um, I mean, I watched a guy on the bank throw out 55 pounds on a 12 inch oil worm. And I was just like, <laughs> this is insane. And then, you know, watching guys catching, uh, catching fish on those older floating wood baits you know they would like my grandpa had a giant spinning rod right so when we would go to the to casitas for the most part we would fish live shad but he had like this big wood floating ac plug i think it was but he had this huge spinning rod he'd throw it behind the boat and he just let it float (laughs) back there while we were cruising the bank you know pitching shad at trees and bushes and stuff yeah and uh he would get blown up on and catch fish. He caught a twelve doing that one day. Yeah. So I was like the swim bait thing was always in the back of my head, you know. I was like
0: You saw that wood bait and you're like, There's something to this, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Subconsciously, you know, it stuck and then, you know, later on in life was like you know, I was catching all these fish on conventional tackle, and then you know I would go trout fishing, and a bass would come smoke the thing, and I'm like, you know, I want to catch that bass. You know, there's <laughs> got to be a way to do it legit. And yeah. Then, uh, and then you then you see the HUD.
0: How did you first see the HUD?
1: Butch Brown videos. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, you would have friends talk about them, and uh, I've seen them at the tackle shops. You know. And uh, just like we're we're giving this a go,
0: but that was a pretty expensive bait to buy in the beginning, right? It
1: was. Yeah. Yeah. I was like wow, I got to pay. <laughs>
0: well, you know, at the time I,
1: th- I was there, twenty five or so. So in that was where, two
0: thousand.
1: Like, I'd say I got my first HUD in like twenty twelve.
0: Okay, so that's probably like sixty bucks now. Yeah. You know, which isn't bad, but I mean, how old were you in two thousand twelve? Two thousand twelve. 24 okay so you weren't you weren't young you i mean you had some cash a little bit already so it yeah. wasn't that big of a hit on the pocket yeah <laughs> when you did buy that uh did you have all the right gear and stuff did you just follow whatever butch said and just
1: no i didn't no i had like an inshore calico rod that i had my hud on and i had like a a little tiny corado and i only had 15 pound line i just thought it would get a bit better it was floral i thought yeah. you know, i was good to go you know and the lakes are down there super clear that i was fishing so i felt like i needed it okay but uh looking- so this is
0: what you went out to throw your first time throwing the hood yeah, yeah. and you didn't have friends that were throwing them or anything? i had
1: one friend chase that was going with me okay yeah and we were catching just two pounders and we were stoked with it uh-huh. you know and then <laughs> then what happened <laughs> And then one day, a fish I've been staring at for the last two months, you know, decided to bite in a shade line. And I, really, when I hooked it, it was such a soft bite. It was just such a s- subtle tick, you know. And then I uh, swung into it, and it moved, and it came right to me. And then it came out of the shade line sideways, and the sun hit it, and I saw how big it was. And it was, you know, probably one of the biggest bass I'd ever seen at the time. So I was just like,
0: "Oh no." <laughs> oh no i have 15 pound on. <laughs>
1: yeah and then the spot i was fishing was no more than three feet wide you know where your feet can oh, go and there's oh, tules on either side of you so like you know if thank god it was early january it was cold you know the, the fish weren't you know too angry when you hook them so mm. it it came right in It did one half-ass head shake and Fuck. i sat there trying not to slip down this little embankment and lift it and
0: Did you weigh that one or no?
1: I did. And then I, like, trying to get my one hand on it to lip, it wasn't even, I had to, you know, reach down with two (sighs) because it was just, the jaw was so massive, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm holding, I'm like, dude, this thing's got to be 13, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, I walked down the shoreline. Holding it in the water, like knee deep in water, and the water was freezing. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know, I gotta keep this fish safe. I gotta get it, you know, a couple hundred yards up the shoreline to the ranger office, you know, and then uh, that's where we weighed it, and it was sixteen and a quarter. And
0: wait, this is your first time throwing the HUD at the time. This was three months. Oh, this was like a. This was
1: probably about a year into throwing. But you know, like you only get a few months of doing it. Yeah. so, So
0: it wasn't. It wasn't long. You were like still new to it for sure and did you have an idea of how to fish it like it was like the first year it really
1: became like a part of my arsenal right so like i bought them in 2012 and i kind of you know dicked around with them here and there caught a couple fish here and there but never really knew like the true grind and like i just didn't understand it yet right Mm -hmm. so then like once i did and you know lots of butch brown videos later (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just you know just started going every day and
0: so that, that fish was the first year you're throwing them, then it just fucking. That, that was the first year I committed.
1: <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not bringing the worm rod. Like, I'm not bringing anything. Like, I'm bringing one rod, two baits in case I lose one. Yeah. You know? Damn, that, that is a it. big
0: fish for that. So, what did you think when you went up to the ranger office? You were like, fucking, I'm not sure. I don't know uh, what's going to happen.
1: I thought it was like 13, you know? And, um,. They pulled out their. They had a little camera in their office, and they took a bunch of pictures, and I got none of them, which is <laughs> unfortunate. But yeah, uh, yeah. But
0: they put that. Didn't they put that some up somewhere or something like that, like in the paper or something?
1: Yeah, I made the local paper and uh, you know Western
0: Outdoors, and did you save that one?
1: I did. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. You have the
0: picture of that still? Yeah. Oh, you have to send it to me. Maybe we'll put it up. That'd for be sure. Fucking cool for the episode. So after you after you caught that sixteen, did it change your fishing style completely?
1: Oh yeah, dude, that was ruined <laughs> after that. It was ruined after that.
0: You're just fishing big bait the whole time. Yeah. Did you change after that or did you go, man, I, I know how to fish the HUD now? Um, I'm gonna stick to the HUD, or did you start buying like baitsmiths and all kinds of other stuff?
1: Well, at the time, like trying to get a baitsmith with someone from someone was I mean, next to impossible. Like even people like you thought you were friends with. <laughs> you're like, hey, dude, let me just buy one, you know? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like I even had friends that were posting, you know, a picture online with 20, 30 baits that they just ordered. I'm like, dude, let me just get one. Like, no, 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 no. And then, Uh-oh. you know, I finally did. And, y- you know, the, f- the first day I, I bought, you know, got a baitsmith and was able to fish one, I went up to Lake Murray and caught a 10. So you're was, good
0: at that first time thing. I was dude. just like, dude. I was like, dude,
1: this Batesmith thing, like, this is it. Yeah. You know?
0: like... <laughs> Fuck, man. Was it in it? Why do you think that? Just it was something different. Is it always something different that you feel like you're getting bit on those for that reason? Um, I, I just think
1: it's the swim. Yeah. I just think it's just so natural, so slow, and so subtle that uh, you know, it's it's kind of like how a, a senko, like senkos, just will always work. You know.
0: Did you, uh after that, did you primarily fish at Batesmith?
1: Um, I'd say it's 60, 40, yeah. even still to this day.
0: You still fish the HUD then a lot too. Oh, yeah, Just a proper application. So at the time, you're like a couple years in and you caught a 15 and a 16. Yeah. That's like crazy. Yeah. And that's, dude, like people, that's wild. At the time, this is we were talking about earlier. It's also cool to hear like, that was probably like a golden era because you had buddies that caught big fish as well too. Right.
1: I did. I <laughs> did. I did like, uh, just about a year after if that, yeah, like a year after, uh, Ryan block had his, like his 16.2. He's like, dude, you're never going to guess, you know, I'm like, dude, we caught the you know same size fish at two different lakes. And it was either the same year block got his or the year after Springer got Got a sixteen three, and we were all buddies. So yeah. we're like, dude, how how do we all have a sixteen? And like, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. And then that kind of fizzled out for San Diego,
0: that was it, huh? At that time. Yeah. When did when did Mike catch his seventeen? I want
1: to say twenty thirteen or.
0: So it was around that same era. Yeah. Did did stockings? It's what changed after that.
1: Just. A couple of lakes got cut off completely mm-hmm. you know like where mike got his 17 at otai like they just stopped getting it completely um el cap was very good and uh they just stopped getting it and even uh the san diego lakes are still getting some but i mean they don't you get like a hundred pounds you know like the guy shows up with a net and just throws in like oh, you know fuck. it seems like 20 pieces and drives away <laughs> and you're like Watching the Cormorants, you know, just get them on. You're like, oh, that was great. You're like, dude, uh, the
0: Park Lakes are getting more than that. Fuck. Oh, like, for sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, shit, dude, I seen him pull up with that truck, and these fucking guys are, like, loaded up, ready to go to catch some fucking trout. Yeah, you know? like,
1: when I think of a trout stock, I think they're pulling the, the tube out, you know? Like fucking
0: D V L when they put the pictures up, and they're putting all the, the trout in. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, no, this guy comes up with a... You know, a bait scoop from the bait barge and (laughs) and brails 10 scoops of trout in the lake. And it's like, all right, good luck. Yeah.
0: So that's when you think it ended for those big fish. Did you catch some after that? What was your... So even though those are huge, amazing fish, I feel like that scaled down now to where if you catch a 12, that's equivalent to like a bigger fish. Because Mm -hmm. not many people are catching 12s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like... uh,
1: I haven't got a 10 in a couple of years, honestly, or like, I think almost three years now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, the last one I got was off a stock that was a hundred pounds and, um, there was probably a two day window to get a bite and, uh, a, a buddy was fishing a worm and was like, dude, there's a, a giant over here chasing trout if you want to cruise up. So I stopped <laughs> what I was doing and drove <laughs> to the lake. Went up there and didn't see anything, uh, first cast and came back and she was there chasing a trout and intercepted her while she was chasing one and just holding her though, like she had the frame. Like that
0: was supposed to be. Like she
1: was a twenty nine inch fish. Yeah. You know? And only ten point two, I think she was. Fuck. But I was like, dude, this thing should be four <laughs> like this is longer than my sixteen, you yeah. know?
0: Like And it it's never gonna change. That's it. It is what it is. I mean, I feel like there's not going to be any more trout stockings. That's kind of just it, which is sad.
1: Yeah. They just keep saying, you know, oh disease this, disease that. And then like, oh, we just rebuilt all the facilities. And then after the rebuild, more disease. Do you keep up on it a lot? Mm-hmm. I have like, I get, I get like emails and stuff. And I actually have one guy's number that I stay in contact with about stocking. Does I, he
0: work like for the city or something?
1: Uh, he works for the uh, Department of Fish and Game. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to get one
0: of them on the podcast. I've been trying for a while <laughs> just to talk about some of – there's a lot of interesting shit that, you know, mm. we might not know about. Or... I'm Alex
1: Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. Yeah, I like, know. I know the facilities are closer to, to LA County where they're raising the trout, you mm-hmm. know. And then um, I was just asking, I was like, you know, like I have a lot of friends that fish Pyramid and Castaic and uh, just curious why they get so much more as we do. LA, huh? Oh, they said, he's all, oh, well, it's a power plant. That's what he said about Pyramid, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I was just like, oh, huh. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really know what to say after that. Right. That, was, that was his reason. I'm like, why do they get more trout? And you said, because it's a power plant. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> makes perfect sense.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's uh, like you like people say. I think Texas is the new, you know, hundred percent. That's going to be pulling 100%. out the well. The Delta. Yeah. The Delta has the the ability to do that, from what I've seen, yep. and from the stuff that I've talked to people about, but. And hopefully with these these fill the lakes filling up Clear Lake and all all these lakes we will get these big fish again. You know, maybe. I hope so. We'll see. But I mean, it does suck for San Diego to be like, man. Yeah, and that's a, that's a huge
1: thing too is the water levels. You know.
0: And yeah, this every all the lakes should be up a lot. You I know? know, I think I think John Curry put up something where one of the lakes went up, like seventeen feet. That's great. I was like, oh my God. Dude, hopefully like, they quick. don't drain it. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right. Um, <laughs> You do a lot of conventional as well too so mm-hmm. how do you think that played into your big bait game
1: I mean uh slow roll on a hud is pretty pretty damn similar to slow roll on a spinner bait okay you know like uh, as far as like bumping into stuff and and uh fishing tight to you know like when you before you make a cast you know like uh unless you're fishing deep on like rock piles and stuff, but you know, for the most part, swim bait fishing, you're fishing the bank, you're fishing tight. So, um, you know, what I like to do is just like you find a target and like, all right, I want my bait to land here. I want it to be as tight as possible to the toolies, sticks, trees, whatever boulder on the shore, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And like even,
0: uh, running into it. And that's one, one thing that you feel like the spinnerbait helped you.
1: For sure. That's yeah. the same way I was getting bit on the
0: spinnerbait. You know, how,
1: if I had a dollar for every time a fish ate a spinnerbait at my foot, you know, it's like, <laughs> right? it's crazy. Like same thing with the HUD, you know, like I was uh, fishing one evening with a buddy and a uh, six pounder literally beached itself trying to eat his bait. It never ate his bait. It flew up onto the shore chasing his bait and he grabbed it, took a picture with it and released it. <laughs> <laughs> never hooked, wild though. yeah it just went wild huh yeah I launched onto the bank trying to eat the bait it was crazy <laughs> i was like wow
0: so you felt like uh the mechanics that you had were a little a quicker learning curve because you had all the conventional skill already yeah and
1: and and luckily like from the beginning i was always kind of a slower fisherman like i never really f- fished anything that was too fast that's kind of why i never got into like the glides that was and the next stuff, question you know? i was gonna like, ask you like they work great, you know. The DRTs and all those hard baits work really, really well. I just, and then you, and so a lot of those you could fish slow, you uh-huh. know. But, um, some, some about just like barely turning the handle, it gets a giant Maybe fish like to eat. Maybe like
0: therapeutic for you. Like you just enjoy like being out there and just really feeling the, the structure and mm-hmm. everything, you know. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just more
1: my style, just slow. Yeah, <laughs> Just
0: creep, creeping along, you know. Like. So when you fish, since you said you're going to start fishing some tournaments, yep. What's your What are your setups going to be? Do you fish more of like Are you power fisherman? Or are you going to be fishing? You know,
1: that's that's going to just be like me adapting to whatever situation needs to to happen. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to not fish one thing or the other. I'm going to just try everything. I'm Did to,
0: you change a lot after the? Uh, The stockings went down and Mm -hmm. stuff. You start fishing more conventional stuff. Absolutely. Like the Domeki Armour Shad. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless (laughs) plug.
1: Yeah, dude. Like the the axe blades, you know. And like Mm -hmm. our fish like to school out in 50, 60 feet of water in the cooler months. So, um, you know, without the trout pulling them to the shore, you have to follow them out offshore where they're out suspended on their bait. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, even now, like the cfg will throw 100 or 200 pounds of trout in the lake those those fish are still going to be out there on the shad like most of the time like they don't even know it's in there (laughs) yeah right (laughs) you know
0: probably because it's so big and it's like oh they're doing their thing on the shore and those random fish are kind of getting it but those deep fish are never even going to see the trout. they won't pull them up you're right right
1: they're going to be where the the most consistent food's going to be and that's the shad out deep and There's so many little fish out there knocking the shad silly the big fish just sit there and get full for free for the most part it's it's easy living
0: that's how but then you also it's cool to see that like you change your style to fit what you wanted to do because some guys would be like i want that 10 still or that 12 that 12. yeah just throwing the hud all the time but you're like oh i want to fish a little everything
1: yeah and it'd be cool sometimes because uh you know you could go to the lake and easily just catch one five or six on a hud and then I was going out with a a spoon or an ice jig and catching five or six, six or sevens in a day. And yeah. I'm like, you know, this is kind of just as cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, like yeah. it was. Uh...
0: <laughs> in summertime, are you focused more because you're working? You're all on the on offshore, right? Yeah. Um, you're uh once you started doing the captain stuff. Uh, do you have a main focus of fish you like to hit in the summer? Is It just yellowtail or whatever. W- whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What do you like to aim for? The bluefin. The
1: personally, I like I like sea bass and swordfish now. Really? You know, yeah, I kind of.
0: So this year you're doing a swordfish thing.
1: Yeah, I I found a a lot of similarities between that and a swim bait. Really? <laughs> yeah, a lot of skunks, high reward. How did now? How did you? Bait.
0: <laughs> how did you go about figuring the swordfish thing out? Because I feel like it's pretty new for a lot of guys. Yeah uh, and uh, y- there's not a lot of information out there right?
1: Yeah, no, nah, like and especially like a lot of like um lo- lo- the guys that did have it more figured out locally. Like I don't think we even have it close to figured out like they do in Florida, right? That's
0: great, a great thing to say because I feel like the guy that I talk to uh that's fucking good goes I go, "Hey man, do you have it figured out?" I'm like, "Do you think you could?" He's like, "No." <laughs> I don't know fucking what they do. If I did, I would be catching them all the time. I know, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, but I let's... mean, what did you do to prep for that, and how did you kind of like start figuring out your plan of attack?
1: Dude, man, a Nick Stanzik video, man. <laughs> like honestly, <Really? laughs> like like I I tried asking a few guys locally, and um and uh, really it was just uh, Jay Chris. He showed me, um, he was the first person to show me what a rig looked like. Okay. Right. A swordfish rig. And I was just like, oh, that's it. You know? <laughs> it was like, but like the way they had it set up, they had the hand line basically like the whole like last 60 feet or so, you know? So, but um, yeah, that's the first time I saw a rig and then, uh, you know, just kind of picked apart youtube videos because a lot of the guys here just kind of a little tight-lipped about it which is respectable you know like because they're out every day and they figure out little things it's hard to just hand that over right which is i get it yeah so i was like you know anyways i want to learn this anyways on my own so so
0: you just have to go through and just i mean can you can you use any of the other videos like from texas or from uh, Florida? they work does it work the Mm -hmm. same or do they fish a little deeper huh they do fish yeah. deeper
1: they do fish deeper but just as far as like um just like a standard layout for a sword fishery like where your sinker needs to be where your lights need to be and um what i what i've learned lights lights for the most part are just the preference like whatever gives you the confidence is <laughs> gonna get you bit like, yeah it's, it's one of those fisheries whatever gives you the confidence like i had a buddy this year uh I think he caught one more than I did or two more or so, but he was out a lot more. But he, um, we were doing everything the opposite, and everything we talked about and shared, trying to learn these things, was <laughs> the opposite. Like, nothing we shared was at all the same. So we're like, huh, okay. Like, I don't think there's really a, a wrong way to do it, you know?
0: Do, you, but, does, do the guys in Texas, do they pattern them? I don't know. That's another I mean, question is yeah. like, Maybe if you go, hey, man, are these guys in in Florida, too? They do it's big, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you patterning in in, um, Texas? And you're going, okay, you found a pattern. And maybe if you could, like, correlate that to here and and find a pattern. But I just wonder, like, something I thought about. I'm like, man, did someone else find a pattern somewhere else? Maybe it's a different geographically, whatever it might be. But they patterned it, and I don't feel like anyone that's came on, maybe they're fucking lying to me because they don't want people to know, but maybe, you know, they are patterning them, and then they can finally find it. But do you know of any guys that have consistently caught a shitload of swordfish? Not out here. No? mm
1: And especially wild. this last season, it seemed like everyone struggled.
0: How many did you catch last season? Uh, we landed two. Landed two?
1: We hooked six. Wow. And, uh... So we we landed two, and three of them we lost, like, 30 feet from the boat. Like, we all had gaffs out getting ready to stick these things, and then they just fall right off. How does that happen? I don't know, but you just (laughs) hear it all day on the radio. You know, like, oh, I pulled the hook on another one. I remember one day there was a little tiny skiff right by me. I mean, it was, like, a Mm 16-footer, and this guy was fighting one forever, and we were taking turns in the gyros, watching him and cheering him on. We're like, dude, I hope he gets that thing in the little boat, and then we watch him lose it. We're like no, and his bait. He he took two cranks. It was right there, and his bait just comes out of the water, and we're just like, oh
0: no, there's got to be reasoning behind it. Yeah. Something you know, definitely. It's just no one's figured it out yet. You know? Yeah. Do you, and so those trips, nothing ever worked the same for you. It was never like, hey, I've been hitting this spot doing this type of setup. I found the same exact spot, you know, in a different area. And even like you know, I know like the water, the chloroform charts, right? All mm-hmm. that it's got to match up. It does, and yeah. it does, and it just does, there's nothing, or and you can't they do, do they school up or how does it all work? I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew. I mean, there there definitely is patterns as far
1: as as you definitely have to be in the right water because mm-hmm. I've I've seen some days where you know everyone within a two mile radius, or even some like I remember one evening specifically, everyone within about a mile of each other, like. Everyone was in this little tiny square, right, mm-hmm. and if you were outside of it, you didn't even have a bite, but everyone inside of it was getting towed around by a swordfish, you know, so it was pretty like nuts like
0: this has been the the weirdest one to figure out for a lot of people, huh?
1: yeah, I think just because they live so deep, there's really no way to like See? like like bluefin <laughs> like you like you get to learn like all right, they're foaming today, okay no they're they're just. Sw- Breezing today, like there's all these different looks that bluefin can mm-hmm. give you, so you can learn them. Like swordfish, you're like, they're gonna be here, they're not gonna be. Like, <laughs> you could be in the right water and there's no swords there, and you, you know.
0: And you do charters for swordfish? Uh,
1: no, I have, I, I haven't really so. tried yet. I mean, no. it's like I mean, so it, hard to. If like, it gets like Florida style, or you know, hooking three or four a day, or why something. is it
0: different in Florida? They just have a a, a bigger amount of
1: them. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe a smaller area to fish. I think maybe here there's just so many good canyons and uh, high spots, and there's just so many places for them to be. That's crazy, dude.
0: Yeah. Even the commercial guys are, but they spear them all right. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck <laughs> hook and line those motherfuckers. But
1: you know, it's it, it's a it's a fun grind because it's in the you know later in the year. There's not a whole lot going on, you know, and usually there's bluefin splashing all around your boat while you're trying to catch a swordfish. So there's and you know whale migrations and yeah, there's all kinds of reasons to be out there. So. It's cool to go. You
0: bring the grill, throw some brats on, right? You know, just. <laughs> so that's your—is uh, that what you want to try to figure out this year a little more as a swordfish thing, um, or is it just yeah, something on the to, back burner? Yeah. You know,
1: like, uh, yeah, <laughs> It's your swim bait of the
0: ocean. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a very similar. Yeah, for you know, they go on the grill, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> do you uh, do you remember when the bluefin came up? And mm-hmm. everyone started going crazy. What were you doing?
1: I was working uh, on the Malahini, and um, I think this was the first year that the bluefin showed up like that sixty to eighty pound fish, and it was foaming everywhere. Um, my buddy, he was, he was working on the bait receiver at the time. He was like, "Oh, my dad went out yesterday behind the islands, and uh, they had limits of eighty pounders," and we're like, "What?" 80 pound what and he's like bluefin and we're like whoa no way you know and this was april What is this april of 2016 and so uh the next day we got the skiff and we went out there and um i mean to this day i really haven't seen foamers like it like no way. like Like, you'd see a skiff on the other side of it, and the thing was, like, microscopic. You're like, is that a boat? Like, that's how big the foamer was, you know? You're like, oh, there's a little boat over there. And uh, you could sit there and drift along with it and catch a limit out of one foamer without moving the boat. It was, like, insane. Every cast with a surface iron. And, like, you know, like, now some days you throw everything at them, and they're just like, nah. <laughs>
0: so now those fish, you think, just got got used to all the bait. I think so. I, I think they they get educated like anything else. You know. How long did you keep that? How long did people keep that bite a secret?
1: Or was it like the <laughs> next day there was
0: fucking a hundred <laughs> boats?
1: No, no. I would say there was less than ten guys on it. Wow. Regularly. Uh
0: huh. How long? How long did you hang around over there for?
1: Oh man, it was. It was in there for a few months no
0: way Mm -hmm. so this is the this is the beginning of um, them coming up Mm -hmm. and kind of starting to get on the big ones right
1: yeah and then like evan salve even he brought his boat down at that point Uh and so it was like me evan salve jeff walker um jazz um all those guys and uh we were going out and just as many people as we could fit on Evan's boats with jig sticks. I mean, there was days where we were coming in with 25, 30 surface iron fish and it was just like, you know, fishing 10 to 15 miles
0: from home every single time. Dude, that must've been so awesome. It was insane. When did you start focusing on the bigger models and when did the flying fish thing come in and how did you kind of learn it your way? So, um,
1: we were doing like the surface iron thing. And, uh, so it was funny. One day we were, we were doing the surface iron thing and, uh, we, we ran into some big ones and we, we lost all our surface irons. We literally had no lures on the boat and we had like one little Yozuri popper left. I don't even know if a bluefin eats a popper, but let's try it. Right. So we threw the popper and didn't even get three chugs with it. And the thing just gets absolutely destroyed. And we're like, everyone tie a popper on <laughs> like they're working, yeah. you know? And then, um, so it was within the same couple of weeks we went out and then there was like some, uh, hundred to 130 pounders. And, um, they were, they were eating the popper really good. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at this time I still, I don't think I, I really knew about like kite fishing locally. Right, so I was just like, "Oh, these poppers are are it for these these larger fish," you know. And then, um, as summer was went on, we got introduced to the yummy flyer. And then we're like, "Wait, you can use real flyers? Mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy! Like, it just like we picked it up as uh, as other people did, you know? Like, we didn't have a clue."
0: Did you have a guy that kind of knew how to rig them? Maybe they experienced it before. Or Was it kind of like everyone's just doing it at the same time and kind of figuring it out it together?
1: yeah, we kinda of just figured it out together really. I mean Evan Evan was the first person I ever seen with a yummy flyer. Okay. So and then after that was um Jay Christ. And then um
0: I would say probably
1: a couple months after that I started seeing guys doing like the Dead Flyer thing
0: and then you know, it started really picking up on
1: yeah yeah and it was like less driving you know you could get on a drift you could hang multiple fish The sport boats were doing it you know so it just seemed like a way especially with clients it's just a good way of, you know fish for you fish for you <laughs> yeah. fish for you, you know <laughs> right you and don't s- gotta do anything you
0: sit there have a couple beers and just watch this thing
1: <laughs> yeah instead of just getting the one flyer bite and then yeah. moving on or, or, you know, you could get the one flyer bite and then, you know, once that's unclipped, get the kite in and then send out a, a real one. Yeah. That works great, too. True.
0: So, do you use the, the, how do you use the two different applications when you are out there fishing? Like, are you going, okay, if I see this type of movement, I'm going to use the yummy or, you know, a, mm-hmm, or for I'm sure. going to use a dead flyer? So I like I like
1: to use the yummy when they're, like, wolf-packed up especially if you're fishing on a boat that has sonar and you can see the wolf packs out and about and you're like oh there's five or ten fish here five or ten fish there but they're moving quick you know like coming up chipping under birds fast then you could just that's when you want to put the yummy through them and um, keep your boat away from them a little more and uh, especially trying to get on them when they're moving that fast and getting close to them and casting range is just really not not the approach you know so getting that kite out when they're on the move like that uh-huh. is nice. And then, you know, if you're, if you're driving around and you see a half mile flat spot of, or a breezer, you're like, all right, I'm going to get up, swell this thing <laughs> up wind of this thing and send a kite down on them. And then you can get a good drift out of them, especially if you have chum to throw then too. you keep them, keep them active.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who was your, uh, guy that taught you most of this? Who's like the guy you would say my mentor.
1: Far as the big bluefin, I would say it was uh, probably Marcus Medic, really, and um, and Adam from the New Loan for sure. Okay.
0: They were a big mentor to you then, and kind of helped you figure. Yeah, out like all this.
1: like I I already knew a little bit, but they definitely sharpened everything, everything else. Like I um, I only knew like the beginning of it, and they like showed me every little thing on how to rig it just sharpen the tool and man, that's nice that's mm-hmm. a, I always like I to was hear very it. thankful for it you know like yeah I was on that boat for five years or so Wow and um, yeah I learned I learned a lot about bluefin oh I bet man
0: <laughs> and that's when it was kicking hard like and when it all came up right yeah so now now uh you also you say you like sea bass right
1: sea bass fishing is fun that's so a unfortunately, difficult one too. San Diego doesn't get a
0: ton of it we were talking about that on the last podcast They said with uh, all that kelp burned off, right? Mm A lot of it. And that's where you were hitting it before? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like even like some local squid nests, like um, there was one that would pop up all like once or twice a year, if not more. But there used to be kelp right by where it would pop up, and there would be sea bass all in there, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, the squid still pops up in there, but you just see yellows. You don't, you don't see any, you don't catch any sea bass right there. I mean, every once in a while,
0: you know, what, what now do you not even waste your time down there or will you still go hunt for them down there?
1: Um, there's a couple other areas where, where squid likes to pop up that are like closer to bigger, kelpier areas. And, um, that's what I was going to say is like, we got, we got one area where it's pretty much just yellows get on it. And then just South of there where it's a little more kelpy there'll be sea bass on it. But I mean, it's, you know, four miles, three miles from each other. (laughs) It's not far. You'd think they'd be on both, but they definitely stick closer to the kelp. I feel like
0: that's your, that's the plan of attack. If you're going to like recommend to someone, he's like, Hey, because that question was like, you know, Wes was like, well, down that way when there was more kelp, you know, Mm -hmm. we would do this, but there's not as much. So maybe now you look for any kelpy, like area that's gonna have a hold like a thick amount of kelp, is that what you're looking for?
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about structure fishing? Do you don't really fuck with that
1: like for white sea bass? Like if you're looking for I haven't got that in depth with the sea bass yet. No. no. Like there's not enough I don't feel like there's enough opportunities in San Diego.
0: Different fishery to I mean there for them. I'm though. sure
1: there is. Like there's just when I was growing up there was a lot more guys like out looking for that kind of stuff and it's not like that so much anymore.
0: Now more, you're, if it's that time of year, you're going to chase yellowtail or whatever. Yeah, or I think it's it just because of be.
1: bluefin. You know, yeah. like people like once the bluefin are here, like that's that's just what people are doing. Yeah, for now, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can have the most epic sea bass bite in your backyard, and then you know everyone's still going bluefin fishing every day and not know about it. <laughs> have you has
0: since the bluefin has been so so much of a bigger fishery? Have you seen the yellowtail fishery go up a lot? um are not as much the same not not as much i'd no. say no so yeah because i mean we even jazz when he came on he kind of said like uh before the bluefin it was a lot of people were fishing calico because mm-hmm. it was fun you yeah know? and now it's not as much because i'm sure the sports boats are he's like because the bluefin like everyone wants to go out and grab a bluefin I'm right like, damn that makes fucking sense yeah you know yeah, it's, they it's definitely took crazy. the show yeah exactly right <laughs> everyone and their moms doing it but yeah when you run a charter like when you go out on a charter your planet attack is whatever's been biting
1: right yeah and like i'll, I'll even ask you know if there's if there's multiple opportunities at multiple species i'll be like you know like what what do you want to catch you yeah. know like because like, i i get a lot of people that don't want to pull on a big bluefin something you know so, yeah so, or, or kids you know and they don't want to that are then they're they're excited about a colorful dorado you know
0: (laughs) right which was great last fucking year i know phenomenal dorado fishing (laughs) what uh so let's talk about your charter uh kind of when did you start doing that and how did that all come about
1: um we started it in the the last two years uh it took a year for us to get like the boat dialed and just to get a feel for it and um you know and then there was uh to do it legit there was things that we had to do and um we were at one Marina temporarily and we, uh, moved to Seaforth Marina recently. So we'll be operating Seaforth Marina. Um, so
0: what boat do you, do you run it out? of? Oh, what type of boat is it? I'm sorry.
1: It's a 23
0: Parker. Okay. A 2019. And, uh, what reason did you, that the boat you picked? Like, why did you like that boat?
1: Uh, just a nice faster West coast style boat. Okay. And, um, You know, it's only the twenty three, but the the deck in the back is. I mean, it's so roomy in the back. (laughs) That's the big (laughs) thing that you like. It's so nice. Yeah, like I could really. I don't really care about the big cabin. You know, like we got nice, comfy bean bags. Like it's a it's a comfy ride
0: for sure. So when you started that um, dealing with clients, is you just kind of let people choose their own their own uh, what they want to do when you talk to them. Like if they come and they're like, hey, we just want to catch Yellowtail or Bluefin or whatever. Yeah, if
1: they're like, hey, I just want to go fishing, and then I'm going to go take them, you know, to what I think is the best opportunity to go fishing. Or if they're like, no, I want this, then yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah.
0: And do you run all year long? Sure. Yeah. I would, for sure. You'll run rockfish trips or mm-hmm. whatever they want. Absolutely. Kill calico.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we don't discriminate on species, that's for sure. Like whatever they want, we just want them to be happy. That's it.
0: How is it, how has it been so far? It's like, been great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And how has uh so you're changing landings in the beginning you were at
1: We were we were in a marina village before and they okay. not they didn't allow charters there so we weren't really we were kind of just using that time to, you know, get content and pictures mm-hmm. and, you know, family friends on the boat and uh, kind of just build somewhat of an image before we like can go somewhere and do it fully legit.
0: What's the full plan on the charter? You want to have more boats? Do you just like doing what you're doing now?
1: Uh I th- I think for now maybe maybe we'll grow in the future hopefully, but uh you know right now we're we're stoked and uh we just want to keep it nice and simple. Easy. Yeah. Nice and, still, and easy. Right? Still have a life on the side, you know, and uh <laughs> be
0: able right. to do some green bass.
1: Yeah, 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 cuz it's good in the summer still, you know. Right? Have the frog bite. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, right?
0: <laughs> um What's your so your favorite type of fishing when you go out to take a client? What is that?
1: Uh, I'd say tie between yellowtail and bluefin. Okay, for sure.
0: When you take a new client out that maybe hasn't uh, as a noob, what do you set them up on? Uh, as far as like gear or say you know what's the easiest way to get them bit? Bluefin a sinker rig. Yeah, <laughs> right, the sinker rig, man. Yeah, okay. What about yellows? Yellows, uh, if they're on the surface, line, what do you give them? Do you give them like a Tranks or something,
1: dude? Yeah, or Slow Troll, yeah, either way. Yeah, because I mean, that's one thing you can't do in a sport boat, you know, is the Slow Troll thing, and you know, it works for Bluefin too,
0: but back then yeah, that makes sense. I just like, like to hear like. Maybe if you had a kid or something, what are you gonna do or something? Oh, new. dude, yeah, uh, getting kids the slow troll is is all time.
1: It's yeah. the best. They love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you put the clicker on, dude, and the yellowtail Smokes the sardine. <laughs> that thing just, yeah, yeah. They get excited. It, yeah, so it's, it's it's that's an easy way to catch fish for um, for beginners for sure because there's no backlash. They don't have to
0: cast it ever. Nice. You run to the San Clemente too. You yeah. Run out there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well. Hey, let's plug the, the charter where they can book, uh, Instagram website, everything. Sure.
1: Um, we got a goal X That's G O A L X sport Um, that has all our prices, rates, uh, everything like that. Um, Instagram's the same goal sport fishing or, uh, follow me Jay underscore Saberon at, uh, in um, yeah, either way.
0: Do you have any sponsors or anything you want to plug?
1: Sponsors? Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um not not right now. No, not really.
0: Okay. Well no, I just like to give that people that time to yeah, play if they want to.
1: Yeah. Like uh I was doing some stuff for extra tough and they all switched hands, so that happens, so, yeah. So, <laughs> well, thanks,
0: Jay, for coming up. Dude, yeah, I appreciate, yeah I, it. I appreciate it. It's, it's an honor, and, man. Yeah, it it's really great, is. dude. You're a stick, and hopefully, we see some more big bass from you and big blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. All right, Take care, <laughs> dude. Thanks.